0: Hey guys um i am with tiara kilpatrick who honestly is one of my favorite actors period of all time oh my god yeah no serious and you're gonna and,
1: make me cry yes
0: so. actress and a producer and a writer and you know um she's doing it all um She was an actress and writer on The Last OG, she did The Climb for Amazon, she did American Coco with Viola Davis, she is a force of nature, and I just want to say before I introduce her, that I love her deeply as a friend, and that I met her at a random audition, Uh, you know, I was doing a play called The Interlopers, and... uh, um, We did an open call, and she came in, and she came in with her hoodie up, and I'll never forget the moment. You know, there are big moments in your life, and I think a big moment for me, honestly, is meeting Diara. When she did the audition and she finished, the director was sitting next to me. His name was Jim Fall, and I literally turned to him and I said, we don't need to see anybody else. That's her. And then if you remember this, I said to you, thank you so much because you just educated me about my character. I didn't realize my character had so much hope. Um, and you were just like, uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> and uh-huh. that's where the love affair began. Yeah,
1: You know, that's really funny. I feel like I've heard a lot of directors say to me like, wow, I love like, how optimistic that character is or how hopeful or how playful the playfulness you found in that character or something. And I do think that's something that they don't expect black women to have.
0: Oh, wow. Interesting. You know, and
1: it's like, we've been through so much, you know, (laughs) that there's a heaviness and a strength and all that is there and present. But I think sometimes the color that surprises people that I love to play in as well is like, there's a playfulness and there's a hope. And especially that play had such a tragic ending. Yes. And it's much more tragic if you meet this person who's it's like full this of kind life. of beacon of light. Yeah, yeah. So that was... And and I've said this to you before. It's almost like a spiritual thing sometimes with writers where it's just like a writer will download a character and sometimes as an actor, you just download that download. You just like, oh, we. I've seen the guy that you've seen. You know what I mean? Yes, <laughs> yes. have seen the woman that you've seen before and I'm just... Stepping into it, it's a weird thing. I felt that way on the Interlopers. I felt that way um, on In the Red and Brown Water. Terrell,
0: beautiful. Terrell McCraney's I play. I you do that as well.
1: Yeah, and I just that's a nice like sort of at one minute like that coming together of a writer and an actor and just really like stepping into something that feels bigger than the both of you.
0: Mm-hmm. Thank you for saying that. I will say for me that when I'm writing, and you know, sometimes we don't get to see each other for long periods of time, mm-hmm. but when I'm writing. I often think of you, um, mm. and, and I hear your voice, and I think that what you just said is that there's a merge of things, like I know that Tennessee Williams had that with like Geraldine Page, and I'm certainly not Tennessee <laughs> Williams <laughs> Well, <laughs> but, but, the time time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I do think that when I write something, and if I hand it to you, it's, it's the most safe feeling for a writer, uh, for me, uh, because I just know you're gonna do it justice, and I don't even know exactly what you're gonna do, but I just know you will do it justice. So uh, yeah, it's. Thank it, it, I feel like I hope in my heart and in my life that I get to work with you again on a different level. Yeah. Um, and that we either make a movie together, uh, which you know I want to do.
1: Yeah. Or
0: I would love to. I, love to. I have a, a a movie that I wrote in a script that I wrote. I wrote a play called Change. That Diara uh, did a reading of at CAA with um, Felicity Felicity Huffman, (laughs) who I'm still a big fan of. Yeah, she was great. She killed it. And the two of them together were amazing.
1: Yeah. So she'll probably have a lot more to bring to that character. Now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. For
0: sure. But Diara actually, again, sort of lifted... Like, if I were to die tomorrow, that night was um, probably one of the highlights of my life and it was just a reading. And yeah. so but I, I mean as artists I feel like, you know, we are dying to be seen and to be heard. And uh for me that night I felt completely seen, mm. completely heard, and I felt like what I set out to do I accomplished. And that was an incredible feeling of not of just contentment if that yeah. means anything.
1: Yeah, I've had the that was a great moment for me too. It was my birthday. Do you remember oh, that? Okay. It was it my was birthday. While, and so I was yes. kind of like, oh, I'm doing a reading on my birthday. And then it turned out to be such a lovely yeah. birthday gift. Because mm. you have those moments as an artist, too, where there's like no pressure. It's just like we're showing up and we're reading this thing. And then something lifts off because you're not holding it so tight. because yeah. you know, And it just lifts off. And, and that reading, and I did another reading once with uh, Harry Lennox, who is mm, such a great... So actor
0: he did a play of mine by the way called the big dipper a one-act play many years ago with a woman named ingrid rockefeller
1: wow he's dope he's he he's dope and we did an all-black reading of who's afraid of virginia Woolf at the latc who did and you play i played honey wow and it was like yeah now yeah and it was beautiful like people wow. will talk about that reading until the end of time you know wow. it was really beautiful and i think They were saying that they would never get the rights to do it that way. I think people have tried to do it with two gay couples. Mm, That's right. And they're like, no, No. you can't have the rights to do that. Um, But it was just a... Again, one of those nights where everybody showed up as an artist, no pressure, we're going to read, and that thing lifted off, and it was like a thing of beauty.
0: Wow. You know what? I'm going to say to you that you should get the rights to do that play, Who's Afraid of Virginia Woolf? You should actively, I will help you. <laughs> I will actively say right now on this thing, I will help you get the rights. I mean, I don't know they all be a state.
1: Yeah, exactly. But we'll see. wow. Yeah, we'll see.
0: But... Our lawyers can work on that.
1: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, mm. Robbie, yeah. We'll mm, yes,
0: lawyer. do it. I th- would love to see you do that.
1: Yeah, it was a good mm. time. But I haven't been on stage in a while., no. No.
0: that's it's, our loss I, mm-hmm
1: i'll I'll get back to the stage.
0: Yes, you will yeah. I mean, it's really about the part. that's the other thing I sort I of love about you is that you don't say yes to everything, no. um which is a great gift. um you're now selective, you can be um
1: yeah, it's you know what? I remember at one point, many years ago, I was like, you know what? I'm an artist, I'm gonna do this for God I'm gonna do that like whatever comes my way if it is a reading on a Tuesday Mm. night I'm gonna show up (laughs) and I'm gonna put in time for God as an artist and then God you're gonna pay me for all this time one way or another Mm -hmm. and that's how like the agreement I made with the universe and then I got another download that was like okay you did that you grew so Mm. much now it's about really putting your energy into the things that are really making you sing, that really sing inside of you. Mm -hmm. Um, So no, I can't do everything. um, Especially as a, a writer because I'm a writer as well and you know the industry really needs black women because they just figured out yesterday like oh yeah we could have black women in our shows and so then those black women are like where's the black woman in the writer's room you're not gonna have me out here looking crazy and so it's been a, yes. there have been a lot of offers and people reaching out especially with the um the the writer you know the dispute right. with the agencies, right, right, people right. reaching out directly, like, mm. would you join this room and stuff? Mm-hmm. And, you know, I have had to take this year to kind of write stuff for me and not go into a room. Agreed. Um, but yeah, it's time is our greatest resource. And I think <laughs> the older you get, you realize that. And so I have to make sure I have the time to recharge and then show up to my stuff. Yeah. Uh, fresh. Um, so luckily I've been able to do that over the last few months.
0: I love that you, um, cause I met you as an actress, but I yeah. love that you moved into writing. And, um, from the earliest that you wrote something, I was like, she has a voice. Uh, you have a voice. Thanks. Um, and I think actually it's an important voice that needs to be heard. And I told you that when you wrote the climb, which in my opinion, Amazon should have ordered because Ugh. so original, <laughs> so freaking great. Thanks. And, um, a character that I had not seen before in a world that I had not seen before and yeah, as a writer, I think you have something to say, which is a common theme of today's uh, talking to a lot of writers. Thank you. You really have something to say, and Thank I want to hear it, actually. Uh, but I also think that there's an audience out there that needs to hear it. So I'm glad that you're not just taking a job to get a job because we all need money. Yeah. But you are being selected. But even most important, I think, actually, is that you're writing material for yourself. Uh, because I also think it's so strong, and I, I love people like this, that you're not waiting for a handout. You're creating the material that you're going to create for yourself. And you, Diarco Kilpatrick, are going to be in a position to then select and give other people opportunities because yeah. you created this world. You're a world builder. Yeah. So you've built this world that you're going to actually give jobs to other people. This, yeah. That's the best way to live your life. Oprah says, "I'm um, yeah, I'm going to Oprah. <laughs> <laughs> Oprah says, which is a prayer that I say at night sometimes, um, which is something you said a little bit like earlier, which is um, uh, her prayer was... Um, Please, God, use the, mm-hmm. the skills that you have given me. You may have even told me this, mm-hmm. uh, give me, uh, that you have given me for the betterment of the world. Yeah. So isn't that beautiful, a beautiful way it, to live your life?
1: Yeah, it for sure, I say a use me prayer. And that's also a song at my church. We sing use me. I'm, ooh, I haven't been to church in a minute. <laughs> um, <laughs> but I, the song, you know, mm. the lyrics of that song are use me, you know, use me, use me. And that's certainly a prayer of mine. Um, so
0: yeah. I think he is, I think the world is the universe, whatever you call God yeah. is, you know, what are you working on now that we should know about in anticip- anticipation? Like, what are you doing? You know, as I said, she already worked on, uh, done the OG and, uh, Twilight Zone, but yeah. what are you working on? Are you doing Perry Mason right now? Yeah, right?
1: I'm, I'm shooting Perry Mason right now and it's for my grandmother. It's so funny. Cause I said, to my husband, I'm not going to audition for anything I need to write and these auditions are blah 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 and then the next one that came in was Perry Mason and I was like granny like that was my grandmother in heaven being like oh you about to do Perry Mason (laughs) because that was her show you know it ain't Perry Mason Columbo Matt Locke Murder She Wrote any white person you know fighting for justice she was all about it and so um it's nice Also, like with The Twilight Zone, these are really classic American, iconic television shows. And now they're repainting them
0: with an Mm. America that
1: actually looks like America. Mm. So that was the the beautiful thing about being in The Twilight Zone. And that's what's nice about Perry Mason. His sort of lead investigator. I mean, I can't say much, but I'll say Mm -hmm. his lead investigator... um, Paul Drake was this, like, silver fox in the original show, this white guy who looked kind of like Richard Gere or something. And in this version, is played by Chris Chalk, who is great I love actor. Chris Chalk, yeah. Great actor, great face, hilarious individual. Um, he always plays, like, in these really serious Doctors, roles. He's yeah. in, like, When They See Us and stuff like that. And he's actually a natural-born fool. <laughs> um, so it's kind of funny. But um, I play his wife. And it's 1932. Oh, wow and I'm pregnant and it's like, it's really nice for me as an actor to play something that I wouldn't write. Mm -hmm. You know, it's like I, I genuinely write more comedy or dramedy. And so this is just a whole nother world. And it's nice to step into that and then still have time to go back and work on my other stuff. So, so I'm doing that. And then I'm developing, uh, at showtime, a half hour, um, that I would star in. So Mm -hmm. we're kind of waiting to see, um, but that's been really fun. Um, it's it's inspired by my marriage. <laughs> um, so, you know, I'm this, like, black girl from Detroit that, like, can't get any blacker. Like, I'm super black. <laughs> and everyone's always fascinated <laughs> by the fact that I'm married, and so happily to this white boy from Northern California. Yeah. And, like, I come from, you know, my parents were in this, like, black nationalist church and very militant. and um, And I've been sort of thrown, not not just into an interracial relationship, but Hollywood, which is a very sort of white space, mm-hmm. you know? Even when there are people of color doing well and navigating it, it's still like a white space culturally. 100%. Um, and so the show is really about that. I pl- would play this woman who comes from Detroit because she falls in love with this white boy and she's like thrown into his friend group and it's like the cable version of being trapped in an episode of friends and these motherfuckers are not your friends
0: (laughs) i want to see that show (laughs) me too i want to see that show me too who would you want to play miles
1: do you have any fantasy you know that would be honestly i think the hardest part like i started looking at like some stand-ups and stuff and everybody was like "Eh, no 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 uh so it's It would be interesting. Mm. I don't know. I would have to be really open in the casting process. Because you know Miles is very singular. Like, nobody's going to come in and, and be you know Miles. Him. Yeah,
0: exactly. Because he's
1: white. But he's not, like I said, he's not uncomfortably he's white. Right. Yeah, yeah, he's not
0: vanilla. He ain't from Connecticut. Exactly.
1: Yeah. It, you know, some people, I'm like, they're so white, they look like they're going to hurt themselves. <laughs> you know? Like, he's not that way. I love that line. But he's also not, mm. like... A wigger. Like, no yeah. one uses that word anymore, but he's right. not doing that either. So right. it's like, it'd be an interesting casting session. Yeah. Um, there is one person that I think could maybe do it, but I won't say.
0: Okay. Yeah. I'm <laughs> curious. Yes. I'm really curious. Yes.
1: Yeah.
0: Miles is really a really talented writer as well. So yeah. I- I'm curious to see uh, who you wind up choosing to play your love interest. That'll be interesting. Yeah. And do you have any directing amb- ambition at all? Is that something you want to do down <sighs> the line? You know...
1: I must because I have so many opinions and I some but I feel like I have so much respect for all these art forms and so many people are like it's easy like you can do it and I'm like yeah it's easy I guess to just direct something badly you know what I mean to be like we're gonna get all these angles and we're gonna shoot it and we're gonna move on but when you see something that feels really well directed like I'll say like hustlers like when I saw that I was like Oh, this woman directed her ass off. You know, it it was just a synchronicity to it. And like, you just felt the energy that went into it in every frame felt so specific. And it all felt of a piece. Agreed. You know, that's not easy to do. And that's not not something I think you just go, yeah, I'm a director now. You know, so I think I will get there, but I'm not rushing it because i think that's the hard. that's a hard job to do well
0: mm-hmm. well you're doing a lot i mean acting and writing and producing in itself just being a world builder is hard and then directing i agree with you and have a lot of respect for directors um i was just talking to someone about if you haven't seen the movie parasite it's the korean film that's at the arc right now check it out because that that guy is inspired mm-hmm. that is a piece of art like when you look at the frames. There are just, in, in every singular frame that he has, there's so much information that's not spoken, that it's like moving pictures. Yeah. It's amazing. And actually yeah. that you mentioned Hustlers is interesting because actually earlier today we did an interview with Madeline Brewer who plays Dawn in Hustlers. She's the girl at the end. The redhead yeah. who's in
1: uh, The Crazy in uh, Handmaid's Tale. Yes, exactly.
0: Yeah. Her. And uh, she said that when she met the director and she talked to her, she didn't got the role yet, mm-hmm. uh, but when she talked to her and she went back and said, I'm going to fight for this role... Because this woman knows what she's talking about, mm-hmm. and like I want to be of this world, you know. And what she I mean? had
1: vision. Yes,
0: exactly. It's, it's yeah. What else have you seen recently that you were like blown away by? Anything that you loved?
1: Um, I haven't seen that many movies right now. Like that, I feel like that's the last movie I went to see in the theater. I've kind of been going back and reeducating myself because I'm developing something that's in, um, like, a, a genre space. And that's not really what I grew up. You know, you and I have that in common. Like, we didn't grow up loving things in the genre space as much. Um, But I think part of it is because that tends to be not female-driven, not people of color-driven. And so I just never really got that into it. So I've been re-educating myself on that space. Like, I watched Candyman recently. Ah. You know, and it's really hard when things sort of hit a Cultural moment <laughs> when you go back and watch it, you're like, yeah. Wait, was well, yeah. that good or exactly. was that I, okay, you know, mm-hmm. so a lot of the stuff that i've been watching has just be me doing that has been me doing that
0: it's an interesting thing the genre thing actually tiara's uh, husband miles and I are yeah. just starting to uh talk about writing this project together that's in the genre world, and miles is really so like. His brain works that way, yeah. and it's so connected into this world building of that world, and I come into it sort of more character, but I'm real excited about playing with him. We had lunch last week, and yeah. it was just fun to to spitball and, and and I cannot wait to see where that goes you know yeah what I mean?
1: and that's what excites me when I do like something like stranger things or something if it's a character driven fantasy I'm in if it's just about weird sort of a... <sighs> I don't know if it's just like moves. If it just feels like here's a move, there's a move, um, then I just get sort of bored.
0: Agreed. Is there any uh, like advice to a young actor out there, a young actor writer um, that you would give to say like this is something that you should look to do? All of us obviously have our own journey into the business and through the business. Yeah. Any any headspace where you want to just say you know uh, keep an eye on on this or try this or something?
1: Well, if you're just an actor, I would say start writing it's so informative Um, and if you're an actor writer um, you know I would say write for you I mean I talk to so many actors that are like I'm an actor and I'm writing this thing and I'm like oh would you be in it and they're like oh no it's for my friend Carol and I'm like why would you do that (laughs) like what are you doing what what role would you die to play and write that you know I think sometimes people get afraid of mixing the two and they ask me how do you balance the two and I'm like don't worry about a problem exactly. you don't have I yet agree. you know like things happen so naturally when you f- when you feel like oh a room is not the right space for me then an audition comes along that makes sense for you you know like mm-hmm. it's just let the universe kind of design it and not worry about well I can't do both at the same time cuz this that and the third like You'll figure it out.
0: Agreed. I love that your answer to the question of what would you tell an actor is start writing is such great advice. And I started out as an actor and wrote and created that little play, Blackout. And that gave me a career. I had no idea that was coming. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Um, Such a good thing. And how about in the idea of getting into the business? Any, like, you know, where you, you, you went to NYU, right? Mm-hmm. Coming out of that, like, like, I think a lot of people have said this to me. It's like, I went to school, I studied the craft of uh, writing or acting or directing. Yeah. I came out and I was completely unprepared for the business. Like, yeah. Any, any like, you know, it's, advice on that?
1: <laughs> it's the hardest thing. The best sort of BFA programs in the world, they really miss an opportunity to teach you about the business, I think. I think it's my biggest criticism of that program. Um, like, how could you graduate from NYU and not really know any NYU film directors? Like, they keep you separate as an actor from the film school and stuff like that. That, that just makes no sense. Um, I always laugh. My first headshot that I took out hmm. of NYU... I look older in that photograph than I look right now. It was like I had hyped up my boobs and I had all this hair and lashes and titties and it was so much. And it was like, I looked nothing like that. And it didn't occur to me like, child, you're 21. Why don't you try to look 17 and play, you know, like it was like it was it was crazy. Like I'm more of a woman now than I was at that at that point. So um, I think the business component is really important and the business advice kind of goes back to the acting advice which is like write something like mm. have something in your hand mm. like I think so many people come to this industry wanting someone to put something in their hand you know they come in like give me give me um, and the industry doesn't care about that if you have something in your hand the industry will call you and so I think that's a really good Sort of way to look at it is like I'm coming to bring something. If if that's a story or a web series or an idea or something, you need to have something in your hand to offer the industry when you get here. Because sometimes you could be standing on the street and they go, "We're going to make you a star." Mm -hmm. That happens. It doesn't happen often. Mm -mm. (laughs) You know, it's not the and right now I feel like a lot of the creatives that are breaking through. because there are so many shows right now. Mm. You know, the Phoebe Waller Bridges and the Donald Glovers and the Issa Rae's and the Lena's and the people that are really creating their own path and their own narratives. So I just think that's kind of your best bet.
0: I think that's great advice and I totally agree. And also, everyone that you mentioned just now, those are the shows that I want to watch. Like, I love Atlanta. Yeah. Um, I love Fleabag. Yeah. And um, I'm going to love your Showtime show. (laughs) (laughs) And how about growing up, Did you wind up, was there a piece of film or a play that you saw that you said, I want to spend the rest of my life doing this piece of, you know, this business, this idea of being a creative human being?
1: Yeah. I mean, I talk about this a lot. This play has like changed my life twice. It was the piano lesson. Really? And I was in it. I didn't see it, but it was a random thing. My mom got a call like, they're looking for this little girl to do this play. And they had cast the actors out of New York and they were looking for the little girl everywhere that they went. And so I went in and I think I auditioned with like a poem. Like I think I auditioned with like Harriet Tubman, the poem. by <laughs> who wrote that poem? Nikki Giovanni or Gwendolyn Brooks or something? I can't remember. And um, right. And they cast me in this play. And I worked with these actors who were all um, from New York and lived in New York. Elaine Graham and Eric Payne and these people. And mm. I was like, whoa, they are amazing. You know, like you, I'd seen mm. plays in Detroit or been in. Plays at school, but it was like, oh, they have a craft. They're not playing. This woman is crying every Mm. night, like on some Viola Davis type Mm. stuff. (laughs) And I was just mesmerized by them, and I thought they were the coolest people on the planet. And even though they were adults, they seemed young at heart. Like there was a youthfulness and an energy to them that, you know, working stiffs didn't really have in Detroit. And I was like, Elaine Graham, who played my mother, had said she had gone to NYU. And I was like, well, I guess that's where I'm going. And I guess this is what I'm doing. And that was it for me from the time I was 12. And if she had gone to Howard, I'd have gone to Howard. If she had gone to wherever she had gone, that's where I was going. Um, And so that shaped my life. And then I did the play again. It was the first play I think I did when I got to L.A. Um, And there's another part. August Wilson writes like, the little girl, the and then the floozy. There's always like a floozy. Mm-hmm, in the that play. is true. Um, and so I moved on up to the floozy, um, Grace, and I played that part. And uh, Julius Tennant happened to be in that play, who was Viola Davis's husband. And this was, you know, before um, the Help came out or anything. And mm. Viola, like I knew who she was, um, and was obsessed with her. He's like, "Oh, you should have to meet my wife," you know. When she showed up, I'm like, "That's your wife." <laughs> That's not your wife. That's my wife. Like I love her. Um, and they were so lovely. And fast forward to when I made American Cocoa on my own and sent it all over the place. They were the first people that called and said, "We want to be a part of this. We well, want to help you do more of this." And so that so there's one more woman in that play, um, the mother. Um, Ooh, this is terrible. I'm not going to remember her name. Beneatha Grace and Bernice. Her name is Bernice. So I have to play that Bernice. part. Well, and then know, I'll man. be done. With I will have gone through all of the women. And I'm sure that <laughs> will change my life one more time.
0: Ooh, that's a beautiful story. I never heard that before. I didn't hmm. know that. That's really great. Um, and is there like in five years from now, what's the fantasy? What, what is what is what is what is the What is J.R. Kilpatrick's world look like?
1: Well, what's crazy is I have a board in my office of enough projects that would probably take me through five years. (laughs) So I'm like, if all of if I can make all these projects, this is what the next five years would look like. Um, I really just want to create. I really want to create things for me to act in and for me to set like for me to get that my point of view out into the world. Mm. And I just like the idea of like, oh, do you want to make this thing? great (laughs) like go make it it's it's greenlit you know and so that's sort of the fantasy is to just be able to create whatever is on my board Mm -hmm. you know whatever I'm dreaming of on my board and have that be a whole company and a whole group of minds working to make these things come to fruition I
0: so believe that's going to happen for you and you know uh, I wanted to say that I've told you this before though but I love spending time with you because I feel that we're kindred spirits. A, oh, for, for sure, sure. <laughs> right? yeah, for, for sure. But also, I feel your soul, and I feel your passion and your determination and your drive, and it's and it's it's on fire. And it's even even this conversation I have with you, like it's exhilarating to me because I am with someone who I know is not going to take no for an answer. (laughs) And that's my tribe. So I just want to say thank you for showing up for me today. I love you. I love you. And we are going to see the D.R.R. Kilpatrick show on Showtime, baby. (laughs) Let's (laughs) speak it into
1: existence.
0: Yes, let's make it happen. Thank you.
1: Oh my God, you're so good at this. (laughs)